you've been sleeping over there. So, Matty, how does it feel, buddy? Uh, no Broncos, no Raiders in the finals for the first time, I think, since 1986. Wow, that's a very heartbreaking one. Very, very sad day for rugby league. G'day everybody, welcome to episode 132 of Not The Footy Show, it's Warwick Nicholson here and I have a special guest on the phone. G'day Woz, how are you all the way from sunny Queensland? Yes, his name is Matthew Duncan, King Joffy Joffer is not joining us today. When there's three of us or more, King Joffy comes along, but uh, when there's only two of us it's just uh, the ski double up. Buddy, uh, we've just got through round 25 of the NRL for 2013. A couple of huge results, uh, not so much uh, affecting the table because everyone sort of stayed where they are, but the top four, what's going on, mate? There's some uh, big teams uh, losing some big games. Yeah, mate, um, well, as the results go, um, yeah, a couple of huge upsets on the weekend, obviously most notably the Roosters going down to the Titans and um, and the Storm getting spanked by the Seagulls. Now, we watched. Uh, I watched the Storm uh, Manly game. I only saw the last half an hour of the uh, Roosters-Titans because of good old Father's Day duties and the rest of it. Uh, it will start off with the Titans because I think that's the, that's the, the more shocking result. I know that the, the Roosters got done last week by the Sharks and that was a, you know, they use like the term, the good old-fashioned ambush, but um, that first half an hour in, in the, the Roosters-Titans game, can you just take me through... What happened? I've watched the highlights, but I didn't see the game in that period of time. So, oh, how did the Titans win the game? It wasn't a, it wasn't the similar type of ambush that we've seen. You know that they got caught up by the Sharks. It was just just the Titans knew their their line their, their season was absolutely on the line, and, and they played the best possible football. And this was a I guess an urgency and a you know that we probably haven't seen from the Titans this year. And mm. and the Roosters also I, I think were just going through the motions and and you know at the end of the day if, if a team's up like that playing a team just just doing what they have to do you know nine times more well, 99 times out of 100 the team with that extra urgency will get the chocolates and, and that's what we've seen i i my point of view i don't think it's too much for the, the roosters to worry about yeah i'd agree with that in the sense that you know you have a good season like they had they'd lost just five games going into that match you know obviously you're doing all right but i think the bigger test of, of where Trent Robinson is as an NRL coach is not what he's done so far. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's been fantastic. He's had the injection of some great players, but his ability to turn the Roosters' attitude, I guess, around uh, in the next five days or so to uh, Friday night's game against the Rabbitohs, it's going to be a great sign to see whether these Roosters actually can win the comp. Oh, absolutely. This, this will tell us, you know, this is a final in itself next week, I really feel, for these two teams. You know, they're two teams that haven't been experience finals football for for a little while this is we'll know where both these teams are after next Friday uh, Friday it is yeah it, it is um, at ANZ Stadium they're, they're hoping to get yeah. at least 50,000 it'd be great to see 60 um, I don't know if that'll happen uh, but it'd be interesting to see how many actual Roosters fans make the trek because they had another good crowd yesterday I think they ended up with their highest average crowd in a, in a long time uh, which was great to see uh, the, we'll look at quickly, um, we'll get to the Melbourne Manly situation in a second, but the Roosters have lost their last two. They lost to the Sharks and then they lost to the Titans. Now everyone gave them the Titans game, so it's a bit of a shock because it means that the Rabbitohs now, uh, if, or basically the winner of a Friday night's game, uh, takes out the minor premiership. Um, the Rabbitohs, though, they haven't had it all clean, uh, plain sailing. Greg Mills is playing injured. 
John Sutton missed a couple of weeks with an ankle injury. Sam Burgess got suspended for a while. Um, you know, they, on Friday night, I saw the first 20 minutes and, and just was stunned about that way that the Tigers had got in the front. But they obviously kind of coming back and they're going to win that game. But they lost in round 21 at North Queensland. And then they got spanked by Melbourne um, in round 22. So they've lost two big games heading into the finals anyway. Um, the Roosters, yeah, they lost the last two. But Manly lost in round 23 to South. Like, and then Melbourne who everyone was wanted to write off on Saturday night after that result. I mean, listening to Warren Smith and Greg Alexander, I think it was, they, they, they were ready to put a, a dagger through the heart of Melbourne Storm, saying that they weren't up to, to winning the competition. And the best quote of all was from Warren Smith saying that the Storm was suffering from a post-origin hangover. They just won their last four yeah. games by 84,000 points. What was he on about? I, I, I was shaking my head. I, I, I've seen Bellamy... You know, the, the Storm know how to play finals football. They, yeah. you know... They're one of the great dynasties we've seen probably outside of, you know, St George and, you know, those great Canberra and, and Bronco yep. sides of the 90s. They, they, they just know how to play finals football. In recent years, I've seen Bellamy do it a couple of times. He heads into games, not wanting to show all their aces. So yep. they played very much within themselves the other night. Look, the Eagles were, were really good, but the Storm had plenty up their sleeves. So, I, you know, I, I'm... I'm going to declare them now. The Storm are specials to win the Premiership. Yeah, I've been on them all year, mate. I've been saying for a long time that until we saw it in September that one of these other top four teams could actually claim their scalp, then you had to give Melbourne the respect they deserved. I mean, everyone wrote them off last year and they lost four or five in a row through that origin, back into the origin period. And they came back and they won eight in a row and won the Premiership. I mean, looking at last year, this is an interesting comparison. So Melbourne... They've, they've won their last uh, four games uh, convincingly. They beat South and the Knights, who were playing good footy at the time, um, convincingly. I know they lost to Manly on the weekend, but Melbourne won every game from round 22 last year. Manly won every game from round 21, and then we know, all know what happened in the semi-finals. They lost to the Bulldogs, and then we saw one of the greatest towel-ups in, in preliminary final history against Melbourne a couple of weeks later. Conversely, the other side of the draw, Canterbury lost 34-6 to to Canberra in round 25 last year. I mean, they didn't exactly enter the finals in you know, the greatest shape of all time, but they ended up making them the grand final. And then Souths, uh, they lost um, in round 23 and round 24 to Manly and um, Cronulla. So don't read too much into this uh, end of season swoon by any team, everybody. I mean, you're looking at the positive performances. I mean, the biggest thing that we saw from Melbourne on Saturday night, I think, was their defence actually got tested for the first time in weeks. I mean, against Newcastle, you can argue that it was a tough match, but they beat Canberra by 64. They beat um, the Eels by 60-odd. You know, you don't get the great tests from those kind of games. It's just one-way traffic. So, as you say, don't write off where Melbourne are. Um, it was just a defensive uh, frailty, if anything, I thought was really impressive for Manly was they targeted Maurice Blair with Jamie Lyon. And the way Jamie Lyon's playing at the moment, um, that was a great decision. He cut him up on the right edge. So don't everybody think that Melbourne are shot, uh, regardless of, of what the media seems to be wanting to be telling everybody. And I wouldn't say that Manly don't take a lot from this. They do because they, um, you know, they had a draw uh, back in round... Um, 10 or something with um, the Storm. But, but Manly, they've, they've got to do it in September. That's the one thing that last year I think was really evident that they look like a little bit of an old football team. Whether they can turn that around um, this September is another matter. Of all those four teams, you've said Melbourne is you're still your premiership favourite, mate. Who's number two? I, I, think, I think the Roosters was. I, I think they've got the, the ingredients there to... The, the only question mark we mentioned is the, is the rookie coach who, who's done a great... You know, great things with the team in, in his first year. 
just how he handles final football, but I, I think they've got the ingredients uh, across the park. But if you go back through Premiership winning teams, they, you know, and, and look at their team, you know, they'll they'll tick enough boxes that they should be their grand final day. I am going to say um, that the greatest thing about this top four is that it reminds us of, of growing up, mate, because uh, there were some absolutely cracking semi-final series from the early 90s to the mid-90s, like where really any of the five teams that made the semis could have won the comp. Yeah, mate, it, it takes us back to the, the good old days. And look, I, I really would, would love them to go back to the five. I, I get the eight, and I, I get the eight under, under the new format that we've seen last year, which was actually the old format, but that's a story for, for another day. But, yeah, you're right, was those, those top four, win, you know, it, it's hard to split them. Um, and, yeah, and then and then you've got the, the chance of a bolter coming from that, that bottom four, possibly the, a team with a roll on. And, that, like and that's exactly it. Let's be honest here. I mean, Canterbury haven't had a great... Canterbury started the season one and five or whatever it was. Cronulla have been good two weeks, but bad two weeks. Those two would be technically playing off for fifth... Uh, coming up this weekend. Uh, they don't play each other, but uh, Canterbury have got the Broncos and um, Cronulla have got Canberra, but they'd be playing off for that right to play in the finals. Newcastle will be dusted. North Queensland do... I know they've had a good last six weeks, but let's be honest, they should have been out of contention long ago. Uh, and I think it's more a case of the teams above them uh, stuffing up than them being fantastic in terms of getting themselves back into consideration. The Gold Coast, great win yesterday, but they, they've, stuffed, they've died in the butt basically the last six weeks. Uh, Warriors, Penrith, Canberra, Brisbane. I mean, they were all in contention as of this last weekend. I hate it. <laughs> I don't like it. But we know it's here to stay. Um, yeah, it's just frustrating that we're going to potentially have, um, well, 500 teams in the finals. Oh, exactly, wasn't it? You know, it, it gets you that little bit, you know, from a revenue stream to have them all finals. But, I, you know, I think it dilutes the product a little bit that you, you say have two, four great teams and then, than four teams that, yeah, they're not, they're not finals teams, those bottom four, by any stretch of the imagination. No, I completely agree. Now, quickly, we've had some requests from uh, Facebook. They want to talk about the Warriors. Uh, I don't really want to talk about the Raiders. Do we just say that uh, it's one of those afternoons for the Raiders, or is the last uh, seven or eight weeks just a pretty good indication of, of where this team has been built over the last five years? Oh, mate, I, I think it's just the Raiders looking and thinking, well, over the last couple of weeks, it's, you know, to a point where they've just, you know, 2013 is a write-off and bring on bring on Mad Monday in 2014 for the Raiders. I think I think that's how they, they went into that game. And it's funny because the Warriors were in a similar situation three or three weeks ago. They've won a couple of games. And if, I mean, they need a few results to go their way. They need the Cowboys, basically, <clears throat> pardon me, to lose or the Knights to lose uh, this weekend to make it because they've got the Dragons. But they turned it around. I mean, it's not, what, I, what I can't fathom in my head is that, you know, you train all off-season, you train and get through the pre-season, you get through the regular season, and then all of a sudden in the last month you go, oh, we can't make it. When you actually can? I, I don't know. I know that there are other circumstances, but you don't always get these opportunities. Uh, as we said, great win by the Titans. The Cowboys took the opportunity when it was there against the Sharks, and the Warriors have given themselves a chance. Hey, Jim, one has two thumbs and doesn't give a crap. Now it's time for quick hands. Quick hands. Quick hands. Quick hands. Quick hands. Quick hands. Buddy, we've got to change gears as we love to do on this show. Gareth Widdop, Queensland Cup, playing the game from his unit in Melbourne. How does it all work? 
Yeah, very sneaky um, was. Obviously, Gareth Willock ahead of schedule coming back from his injury. We thought he was gone for the season. Uh, apparently, a month to six weeks ahead of schedule with the injury. And, and Storm are hoping to possibly have him back for the finals. Uh, Bellamy you know, knows he'll need a run back. And obviously, first run back in finals football would be no good for him at that NRL level. So they've, they've tried to pull a bit of a swifty on the weekend. They named him, not in the Queensland Cup, but the reserve competition of the Queensland Cup, which is called which is called Fog's A grade. Yep. They've named him on the bench, uh, the official team sheet. He was on that you lodge half an hour before the game to the match officials. Gareth Whittock was in to be in the 17 jersey. Um, but, uh, yeah, he rather than being in the... Uh, in the suburbs of Brisbane, he was, like you said, in his unit in, in Melbourne and, and never fronted and uh, tried to pull Swifty because if he if he played one game all year for East, he could qualify to play for East in the finals yep. as long as their feeder club, Melbourne, are, are still alive in the season, which That's they right. are. So they tried to get him qualified by just naming him to play reserve grade for Queensland Cup uh, last week. And, you know, a lot of clubs up here are, are very unhappy with uh, with the situation. Now, do you feel for East at all in this situation where it's pretty clear, I've read a couple of quotes in the story, that their management and their staff have basically been told, we are your parent club as the Melbourne Storm, you will do as you're told? Yeah, look, it's a difficult one always, these feeder club situations was. Um, you know, uh, you know, it, it's easy for them to say, oh, the team, but, you know, they've received some quality players over the last couple of years and, and probably wouldn't be in the position in Queensland Cup where they, they've made the finals yep. this year for the first time in, in a couple of years. And they, and they wouldn't be in that position if it wasn't on the back of, you know, some of the Melbourne imports throughout the year. So, and what they, they weren't impacting them in Queensland Cup where they needed to win on the weekend to, to make the finals. Okay. They're more than a premiership winning reserve grade team already assured a, a spot in the So they, could, they could take the loss like, if they like, had to. It wasn't a huge impact yeah. to, to, to that actual game to go in with a three-man bench. Okay. Now, basically, you're, I know you're a big Redcliffe boy. Does it hurt you as a Redcliffe fan to see this? Or do you just go, well, it's the way it is? Oh, mate, it, it, it's honestly, yeah, I've got old. I, I, you know, it, it's the way it is. And, and Melbourne, um, you know, good luck to them. If they, they found a way to, to legally exploit a rule. Um, look, I'm not totally against it as, as a Queensland fan that once had a man named TBA to run in the Queensland <laughs> team. Mate, I'm, I'm really not against finding loopholes as long as they are legal when you try them. Now, quickly on that, is it legal? Is it being passed? Is it, is it going to make him qualify for next week? Well, it, yeah, there's some conjecture. There's some, some meetings at the QRL today um, whether they're going to, to allow it. I'd, I'd say, get, get reading between the lines, they're, they're going to reject, reject it, but, um, um, yeah, we'll, we'll know more this afternoon. Okay, now another thing in the Queensland Cup that needs discussion. Name and shame that touch judge in that video that is going around. Was I, I actually don't know. I've been trying to find out his name. I've got a good friend who uh, is a touch judge himself, and I was when I seen the video, I was very worried it was going to be him. But he's in the clear, uh, a good friend of mine. But um, yeah, it's it's floating around YouTube. It's gone quite viral. Uh, uh, East Five Eight Cody Walker's uh, gone for a shortish type of dropout and. Um, it's gone well into touch, and the uh, south swinger has uh, knocked it back in field. But he was he was five metres out of bounds himself. So it's, it's one of the worst videos, or one of the worst touch touch decisions I've ever seen, ever. Well, we'll play we'll play the audio here for you, everybody. 
trying to build as much pressure both sides, but equal to the task of the Tigers defensively. Oh, he's gone for the trick kick, Cody Walker. Now, this has been batted back infield. Surely he was out when that occurred. The touch judges missed this. Wasn't he a metre over the sideline? Dallas Anderson had to be out then. Here we go. Oh, oh, hello. Hello. See, that's a, that's a terrible call. How do you miss that? Well, it was right in front of me, Matt, as I was saying. And, and the thing is, when you have a look at that, look at that. Oh, that's a shocker. That isn't. That is. I'm with you, Sats. That's the worst we've seen. He was, oh. running, he was running halfway up the tunnel. <laughs> oh, 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 that is officially the worst decision in the history of sport. And basically, as you can hear the commentators, they lose it um, because they're looking at the uh, same vision that you and I are. And essentially, he's he's looking straight at the guy. I mean, he, he might be looking into his eyes. We don't know. He, he's basically, he's stepped three times. Now, the one that I, I think of immediately, uh, I go back to that um, Adam Devsich in the, the Titans-Bulldogs Monday night game a few weeks ago with a line dropout where I've taken a still shot and I'll, I'll add it on the website, on the, on the Facebook page, everyone, but... Essentially, the ball is like half a metre over the line, and you can see where Devsich's head is lined up. It's looking straight at the ball, and he doesn't call a penalty for uh, kicking the ball over the line. I mean, these happen from time to time. The just unfortunate thing for this kid is that uh, he is not going to be able to live this down for a few weeks at the very least. No, no, no. He, uh, it's, he's probably unlucky. He's probably made some great decisions all year with sword passes and everything that no one's ever noticed. But he'll be remembered for some time for this absolute clanger. Okay, final one. Speaking of people that want to be noticed, we have the Big League Cheerleader of the Year competition. Uh, now, normally we wouldn't give this a plug. Um, not saying there's any reason to, but we've had a few of the contestants get on the Twitter They've uh, contacted me at Errol Tweet. Maddie, I, I don't know if they've contacted you at Mr. Peninsula. That must be was. No one. No, nothing for Mr. Peninsula. Well, well, we'll give a shout out and recommend that you go and vote for, for the ones that have taken the time to uh, replace um, at NRL and at Triple M with at NRL Tweet in all their tweets that are followed on their timeline. But here we go. We've got Darcy from the Bulldogs. Uh, we've got uh, Steph from the Dragons. We have Amy from the Panthers and Talia from the Dragons as well. They've all taken the time to either follow uh, me at Annual Tweet or send me a tweet. Uh, so you can vote for them now. The, uh, basically, the way you vote, everybody, is you text the name um, Talia or Steph or Darcy or Amy. Uh, we're not going to mention the other ones that are in contention because they didn't take the time to, to contact us on Twitter. That's fair enough, isn't it? Oh, absolutely was. Yeah, no, we've got two sides. No, that's fair. Yeah. Um, and you just basically text the, their name to one triple nine double two two. Yeah, I'll start that again. One triple nine two 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 zero, and it costs you fifty five cents. But that promotion from us is just—it's priceless for Talia, Amy, Darcy, and Steph. And Bud, I've got to ask, who's your favourite? Darcy, big big Darcy fan. It was okay. I'm, I'm going to go with Talia. I'll go with Talia. The the, the push. From Adderall tweet, but yeah, there you go, girls. We've uh, we've given you like thirty seconds of airtime on not the footy show. At least ten people will know about it. <laughs> oh, I don't think I'm a lot dumber than you thought that I think that I thought I was once. Not the footy show, buddy. We're done. We're, it's the way we're going to be doing not the footy show from now on is quick, uh, sharp conversations. Hopefully, we hit a mark that interests you, everybody. Uh, you can grab us on the Facebook page. It's facebook.com/slash/adderallpodcast. I'm at Adderall tweet. Maddie is at Mr. Peninsula, and get on iTunes and give us a rating, because we need that, don't we, Matt? The rating's a big thing, was so get involved. 
Get involved, people. Oh, there he is. Look, endorsement like that. What more do you need? Uh, we'll be talking to you later this week. I'm not sure what I'm what about. Uh, there's this whole Ben Barber thing that is uh, escalating again. Uh, it's very sad to see that, once again, Matt, and we'll just quickly touch on it now, but it's, it's basically, whether it's proven or not that this latest incident's happened, it's another example of if you're a good enough player, the club will do anything for you. No, absolutely. We spoke about it on last week's show. Well, yeah, if you're, if you're good enough, the, the club will go to lengths to you know cover things up or, or let you keep playing. It's uh, it's it's sad that football comes first, but it, it happens not at the NRL. It happens to players all their way through their school football. So uh, probably something we probably can go into depth on on Thursday again. Matty Duncan, thank you very much for your time. Thank you, Was Always a pleasure. Indeed. And we'll speak to you next time on Not The Footy Show, everybody. See you, folks. If you don't eat your meat... You can't have any pudding. How can you have any pudding if you don't eat your meat? Trampoline! Trampoline! You said what now? Pepsi.